As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stekanis. In today's episode, we review season four of the Who Would Win show, and what a season it was. We revisit the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Of course, I've got a lot to say about it, but before I do... Ray, what are your thoughts overall about season four? I think season four was the biggest season in the history of the Who Would Win show. We had a great overall champion. The person who won season four is the best of us. And I think finally the people can see it. I think finally the show has represented it. And I think finally everybody at home caught a glimpse of the greatness they wish they had inside themselves. That's true. We had the most downloads ever. Our social media was off the charts. You know, advertisers were coming at us from left, right, and center. This was, in fact, our biggest year ever. It was. Uh, I think our fans said they just love the show more and more. Um, 2.5 million million downloads, James Gafsey. We surpassed 2.5 million downloads on the Who Would Win show. Some would call that a reasonably big deal. That is a big deal. You know, all in all, a great slash successful slash crazy season or crazy season yet. I've definitely got some things to say. But before I do, we need to bring someone onto the show who we always bring on for our year in review shows. Let's bring on someone special who can keep me and Ray under control. It's someone who hopefully can be the adult in the room. It's someone who can see through the mystique, the grandeur of the Who Would Win Show. So without further ado, making yet another appearance on the Who Would Win Show, it's the host of the Brentfist Podcast with Brent Pope. It's the executive VP of Who Would Win. It's the one, it's the only, Brent Pope. Brent, welcome back to Who Would Win. Yeah! Oh, man. It's so good to be back. I'm glad we made it through this year. Uh, I think the big 
overall arching thing is Ray complained about how the judges were terrible the entire season, and he won by the most he's ever won by. So he's probably right then. He's probably right about the judges. I dare you. Uh, and then <laughs> I just want to thank everyone online and being been DMing me and uh, sent, somehow got my my number and texting me about me being the the fan favorite judge of the year. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, you know, we don't even need to mention it again the rest of the, the show. Yeah. Thank you. you I, know what? Thank you. It's appreciated. Why, oh. You know what, Brent? Oh. You had the envelopes in front of you. So, you know, obviously you'd be you'd be being a straight shooter that you are. You would be giving us accurate information. And there is no reason to bring it up again. I want to be the first to congratulate Brent Pope as Judge of the Year Season 4. Congratulations, Brent Pope. Thank you. So I, this, so, I went so, down. I said, and the winner is... Me and then uh, you're like, wait, you didn't open the album. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, y- your name's definitely uh, in the mix, uh, Executive VP uh, Brent Pope, who can fire Ray and myself in a moment's notice. I'm a little scared of saying this, but I want to be the Let's first go to congratulate this. you, Brent Pope. Great <laughs> job, good victory. That's right. Uh, Thank you. I accept. This is why I hate working with accounting. Have to tally all the results and give the bad news. Let's see. Let, let's just see. Let's just actually make it official. Maybe. Well, I, I got all possibly, the DMs. Probably I, not. I can send out the transcripts later. We, we don't need to. You know what? You know. you know what I say? Stop the count. That's what I say. <laughs> okay. Not dangerous at all to say that. Listen, before we kind of get into this episode, you know, Ray and I talked about it. We're both ready for it. This is where you give us, uh, you know, our performance review for season four. So just go ahead. How do you rate Ray's performance? How do you rate my performance? What do we need to do to be better? Go ahead, dish it out. I think this season, Ray did a great job of tricking the judges somehow. <coughs> I don't know if he's been doing the IMF class. Um, congratulations on your IMF class, uh, given at Phoenix, University of Phoenix, and a couple other places now. Yeah, Larry James, Fitzgerald uh, took it. It's top a big digital deal. platforms. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Uh, I look forward to that being on the Masterclass platform soon. So, And congratulations to Ray for uh, somehow getting someone to transcribe tran, transcribe all the words that, that were in the thing for him. And, uh, yeah. And James, always, always arguing like a warrior. Thank you. I don't know. That's it. Just so much admiration oh. for James. <laughs> and so much... Um, <sighs> anyway, so much admiration for James. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That tracks, by the way. All right. Uh, something to work on for Ray and something to continue for myself. Now, listen, um, let's turn this over to Ray real quick. Ray, if Please. you had to sum up season four in one word, one word only, what would that word be? You know, that's a very tough thing. Uh, you asked me one word to sum up season four of the Who Would Win show. And I think the only word that comes to mind is Ray. Because really, this is a season that was about me for me, I'm the winner. I'm the best. People come to this show to hear me destroy you. So I gotta say, when you come to the Who Would Win show, you think Ray first and foremost, and you hope that the judge can find the common sense to give me the victory every single week. This, if there weren't for the judges, I would have gone like 51 and 0 this week. So uh, this year. So who are we kidding, James? It's about me. All right, here's the deal, Ray Cicanus. You know, um, that's fair. This is uh, the same word you used for season three, two, and one. Uh, if I had to pick one word that would best describe season three, that one, one, that one word would be 
what the hell happened to the judges this season? That's my one word. I, I so many bad still decisions. Weird. Still so weird ridiculous. That, I don't know what win, the heck happened. You win 90% of those bad decisions. So it's just, I don't even understand. You get one that you disagree with and suddenly you're like, all the judging is making me so bad. As if we don't have bizarre King Kong versus Megatrons to, in the past to look at. James, I can't even with you right now. The difference is, Ray Sicanus, is that when these weird decisions come out and the judges lose their mind for whatever reason, I have no idea what happened, but trust me, I'll take steps. But when they lose their mind, we hear about it. On the socials, we hear about it. Through my DMs, people tell me about it. I mean, it's nonstop when our fan base, the Legion of Audience, can't agree, understand, or even stand a decision sometimes. They let me know. And boy, oh boy, season four, never before have I gotten this volume of feedback from the fans saying, what in the heck happened with XYZ Judge? Again, don't worry. Steps will be taken for season five. Now, let's move on. Season four had some incredible moments, some incredible judges, some memorable decisions, and most importantly, some amazing episodes. So let's go down the list and see what both the fans, the Legion of Audience, Ray and myself, thought of everything Let's start off with what was the most surprising judge's decision of season four of the Who Would Win podcast. Now, Ray, in your opinion, with all of the battles we had for season four, Ray, what was the most surprising decision? There were a lot of surprising decisions. Quite honestly, any time the judge gives you any credit at all on the show, much less a victory on the Who Would Win show, I am perplexed. I am astounded that any single judge would hear my beautifully argued, articulated points that I have made on the show and then listen to the bile and blather that comes out of your mouth and then at the end goes, I don't know, that vomit spew sure made a lot of sense. And then they typically say something that neither of us even said during the battle. Like, oh, I know this thing about this Star Wars character that James is repping uh, that wasn't even mentioned in the show. And that was the main decision that Han Solo would beat Austin Powers. And then you go, oh, great victory, me. And then and then I'm left to sit here and be like, how? James didn't even make that point. Why would that be the ultimate victory reason? And then James afterwards, two months later, is like, man, the judging on season four is really making me mad. It's like, James, it's always going to help you. Every single time they make up reasons to win. You had a person, you had a character in Moon Knight show up in season four and had somebody, a god, give outside interference, breaking the rules of the battle to give you a victory, and you have the sheer audacity to come onto the interview show and complain about the judges? If it wasn't for them losing their minds and forgetting the rules every five seconds, you would have three victories at most in your career on this show. Yeah, Ray, I just asked a simple question. What was the most surprising... Uh, decision this past season uh, four. I didn't need a whole diatribe. There's 24 or, that are tied. Uh, you know, Guess what they have in common. That I was great. All right. Listen, there was one one match that stood out for me where the decision was so insane, so crazy. I couldn't believe it. That for me was Jason versus Hellboy. Just a little perspective. Still wild. That was going to be my fourth win in a row. So I am. It was the weirdest decision, craziest, made by a judge who's so intelligent. I just don't get what happened. Uh, but here's the deal. There's a runner-up, first of all. Let's get to the runner-up. Brent Pope, you, you'll be interested in this. The runner-up for craziest decision, most surprising decision of season four 
was the episode that you judged, where you gave the victory to Shrek over Nemesis oh. from the Resident Evil universe. Mm. People lost. I'm not going to lie. People, I still think I won justifiably. But our Legion of Audience did lose their minds, completely disagreed, even though I thought it was a good call. Brent, any thoughts on this? Well, I think all of those statements that people made should be deleted. Uh, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying, James. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, th- I thought I thought James, uh, it was one of your better. Uh, one of your I I loved your uh, some of the things you brought out there, and the thing that ended up being one of the biggest things was, uh, yeah. Granted, it came from a deleted scene. Mm-hmm. So what? That's I still call that as canon, and uh, I'm the judge, and it it didn't it was counted less as other things. But it just—I thought that was some 4D chess by James in that one, and I stand by it. I stand by it even more. You know, the definition and, um, of canon, Brent Pope, is that it actually happened in the universe. That is the no, literal no, no. explanation yeah, of what canon it is. It did. It got it got deleted. It just yeah. So you're saying that if you let's say you're watching a reality show, right? Let's compare that, apples to apples. All I guess that happened. Yeah, nothing mm-hmm. else happened. The other 23 hours and. 48 minutes of the day, nothing else happened, so therefore it's not canon. So if we come back and then one of the dudes has a black eye, you're like, well, nobody can know how that happened because it's not canon because it happened when the cameras weren't on and they edited it out. I mean, If we go back to WrestleMania 9, that's exactly what happened. Hulk Hogan showed up to the show with a black eye given to him allegedly by Macho Man Randy Savage for breaking up his relationship with Miss Elizabeth, and it was never once mentioned on the broadcast whatsoever. So yes, Brent, I do think that's how it works. For Legion of Audience, in case you're wondering, we're referencing the uh, deleted scene where Shrek tossed Donkey, his sidekick, uh, into space. And that takes some incredible upper body strength, is all I'm saying. More upper body strength than the Nemesis uh, character was ready to take on, which is why I got the win. Okay. Terrible. Listen, um, we, <laughs> we, we, we took this question to the Legion of Terrible. Audience, and after compiling the results... Analyzing the data, crunching the numbers, our fans decided overwhelmingly that the most surprising decision of season four was, you'll never believe it, Hellboy losing to Jason Voorhees. There you go. See, Ray, the Legion of Audience and I are congruent. We are unified. It's kind look, look, it's, I remember this episode. James, it's, it's recency bias only, and it's because you won't stop talking about it as if, again, Nemesis versus Shrek suddenly didn't happen anymore. I just put on my big boy pants, and I moved on, and don't dredge it up every one half of every episode. Oh, sorry, I thought there was more. Yeah, it's not like you ever kind of, you know, rehash old things and kind of make them relevant again. Okay, listen, the judge for that episode, Gina Ippolito. Look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. She's an amazing TV writer. She's super funny, by the way. And as a Who Would Win judge, she's a super funny TV writer. Look, as a Who Would Win judge, there's a lot to be desired in that category. She was on the show before. She was fantastic. I don't know what happened this episode. If she comes back on, I'm hoping... Whatever, you know, she had for the first time she's on comes back. I don't know. This was a crazy episode. And everyone DM'd me. Everyone thought this was crazy. That's the winner. The Legion of Audience agrees with me, James Gavsey. That was the most surprising, probably disappointing episode of season four. All right, listen. James puts the pitchforks and torches for an episode's decision, whines about it every single episode thereafter in the season. And so when it came time to judge what was the most surprising decision, the one James won't shut up about every episode one. Boy, it's a real mystery what happened, James. Nobody can figure it out. You're probably right. 
You're saying the fans, the Legion of Audience, agreed with me 100% on the, okay, the that's fans fine. don't know what they're that's talking about the show most goes. of the time. Way to go. Now, some of you, by the way, on another note, have DM'd me and asked me about implementing a new rule for the Who Would Win podcast. This is actually interesting, Ray. They asked, should we take battlefield removal off the table as a way to win a battle in the Who Would Win show? Brent Pope, over to wow. you. What do you think? Should we take battlefield removal off the table? Is it a cheap way to win a battle? Like, what do you think should happen with that? I mean, that's an interesting question because – uh, although it is sometimes uh, seems like a cheap way to win, that also might be the only way that certain characters might win, or it might be like their mo as a character. So, yeah, I, I find it hard. I guess I would say it still should be in there, but you know, I can see what people are saying though, because sometimes it does seem like a, a cheap way to win. But some, you know, some guys that's how I they that's how they do it. I do agree. Ray really definitely like over relies on battlefield removal. Ray, what do you think about this rule? Should we just remove that as a method of victory, battlefield removal in its entirety? When I first joined on with the Who Would Win show, I thought one of the most intriguing aspects of the arguments was the fact that battlefield removal was such an integral part of the discussion. And that talk about who could kill the, like a death battle thing, right? That's a thing, right? I just made that up. I just, okay, that doesn't exist. Okay. So arguing about two characters who would have to fight to the death is like one thing, but there are some characters that just, they don't die. There's just some character that just does not work with, right? Battlefield removal is a great equalizer that allows for uh, particular combatants to have a chance in battles they otherwise wouldn't and also can allow for a surprise decision at the end that makes total sense when you actually break it down. It forces us as arguers, as show members, to play 4D chess and stops us from just being lazy and just shouting out a bunch of math and numbers to prove our point and saying, my number I came to was bigger than yours, I just win. That's lazy. That's boring. I want to have a battle where we actually have to match wits against each other because I know that you're virtually unarmed in those situations. <laughs> I love it. All right, listen, I, I actually think we should keep it. And... If it's especially, Brent Pope, to what you just said, if it's part of the character and it's part of their fighting tactics or way they escape taking damage and can come back in, then I think, yeah, I think we should keep it. If it's part of what they do and they use it in battle to fight, it should absolutely stay in. That's our call. You know, we, we may make this an official thing for the Legion of Audience to decide fully, but I actually do believe we should keep that in. All right. Listen, let's move on to our next big category. Let's talk about the best judge of season four. Now, last season, Delvin Cox won the Judge of the Year Award. You'll never believe it, but he was nominated yet again. So the nominees for the top judge for season four are Adam MacArthur, Crystal Storm, of course, Delvin Cox, Frank Todaro, Roger Craig Smith, Robert Clark Chan, and believe it or not, our executive VP, Brent Pope, made yeah. the list. Someone stuffed and the, the ballot winner box. Is. Oh, boy. I'm sorry that I already told you guys who won. Ugh. You know, this boy, is I crazy, though, now. because, you know, making their judges debut in season four of the Who Would Win show was somebody who I thought brought a certain gravitas, a certain a je ne sais quoi to the role of judge that this show has never seen before. I, of course, refer to... Ray Stacanus, maybe the greatest judge in Who Would Win History, appearing in our April's episode of, uh, what was it, uh, Spider-Ham versus Stitch. Uh, a great judgment uh, was had. A lot of very deep thoughts were had. Uh, how did our guy Ray not make the list? He was brilliant. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because, I look, not only was that the most dominating victory of the year, and I say dominating because Robert Clark Chan, my opponent, is a genius. He's smarter than both of you guys put together. No one's arguing. And for me to wipe the floor with, with Robert fair. Clark Chan, I mean, I don't see how I'm – I not only was I the best judge, I was also the best uh, arguer. You know, and had the most dominant victory. So that should put me over the top right there. So we don't okay, need wait, to say, wait, see wait, who wait, the wait. fans... What? Hold on, hold on. Both of you guys, both of you guys. Look, you've just said arguer. Ray, you said... How about debater? Is debater such a hard word? All right, listen, listen. I've got the actual envelope right here. Making what? the envelope opening noise right now. I yeah, I do. I'm opening it right now. No, no, he had some. I've got the official one from accounting. It is... The one, the only, Crystal the Storm wow. is the winner. Crystal Storm is the winner, is the judge of the year for season four. Now, listen, I've known Crystal for quite some time. She is absolutely fantastic. She's a very accomplished writer. She had this great Star Wars audio drama that came out. She's working on all these sorts of different projects. She's absolutely fantastic. I love it when she's on the show. Ray, what do you think of Crystal Storm, and why do you agree with me that she is the judge of the year for season four? Look, Crystal Storm might be one of my favorite people uh, on the planet. Of course, if you haven't listened to Legacy yet, do yourself a favor and pick all the episodes with Jorgen or the Emperor in it for no reason. Those are just great characters that come to mind. And uh, I I think you would enjoy the work that she's doing in the audio drama space very much. Also, she plays Roxy, the Bruja Primogen in Reclaim Detroit, Vampire the Masquerade audio drama. But as judge of the year, I thought Crystal had a few very suspect decisions. Now, cult of personality is a thing. I think she is very captivating when she talks. She's she's probably judged more who would win battles going back to the preseason of this show Uh, than anybody in history. So the fact that she knows her stuff is not to be argued. I do think that she was better in season three than season four and didn't win in season three. (laughs) Uh, And so I would just make the argument that the... You'll never believe this, James. I think the people got it wrong. I think the true judge of the year, as I said before, was me. And I accept this trophy. You know, again... I got all the results. I've been compiling, you know, it's all the data that was compiled. The one name that didn't appear whatsoever as any nomination for Judge of the Year was uh, Race to Canis. How dare you? Because I, don't I know, what know happened. I saw my name because I tweeted it myself. It- <laughs> I, have to, I have to be honest, too. You know, as the executive VP, uh, I have won more than once um, with the votes, and I had to pull my name out because it's a you know conflict of interest. But I'm, I'm, that's okay, you it guys. Uh, I'm willing to do that. But we just know in it everyone's is. hearts, I know where everyone's hearts and minds and actual votes that I won. It's fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Listen, congratulations, Crystal Storm. You are well-loved online. That's all I'm going to say. And of course, I'm the very, production I'm very team. happy for Thanks Crystal very Storm. Very, I'm very happy for Crystal Storm. Just, you know, like many decisions of the Who Would Win show, I just don't agree with it. But I'm happy for her to win. I can't believe we're agreeing on this. This is crazy. All right. Listen, we've had so many great judges who have been on the show so many times. But we kind of created internally within the team a new category because we had a judge on this year that just blew our minds with how great they were. So we have a new award for Rookie Judge of the Year for the Who Would Win show. Um, look, every season we have amazing people come on the show and, you know, we come on the show for the first time. Some absolutely kill it. Some are okay. Actually, in season three, season four, especially, we've had a lot of first-timers that were fantastic. And this year, Ray, myself, Brent Pope, and everyone else just couldn't get over how great one judge in particular was who debuted this season. So the rookie judge of the year for the Who Would Win show is Joey Clift. 
Ray, I, I know we are in 100% agreement that Joey Cliff just absolutely nailed it as a first-time judge. Why do you agree with that statement? Uh, Joey Clift is a brilliant man, a uh, great performer, great mind, great writer. Uh, I actually agree with this decision. And we had some wonderful first-time judges. I, I want to make special mention. Uh, Jason Kelly came on the show. He was actually on twice because he was great so good. Judge. An amazing judge. Yep. Uh, Jen Kane, William Schmidt. Uh, I had a whole list in front of me. Um, I, my name appeared on the list as first-time judge. I will say it again. Was never on, was, never it was on the for, list uh, I compiled. But go ahead. Uh, but there were I a lot of either. excellent, excellent first-time judges um, on the <laughs> <laughs> would win show without question but Joey Cliff really came in and he will be back he will be back soon uh he did an excellent excellent job in the show I even lost that match and I came out with tremendous respect for him that's how good he did as soon as as soon as the who would win board heard me say that in the room I already knew he had won in that moment because that's not often something I feel or say that's true. That's true. Listen, you know, you got Crystal Storm, Delvin Cox, Roger Craig Smith, Adam MacArthur, Brent Pope, Robert Clark Chet. You've got these amazing minds, never mind amazing talents, but amazing minds who come onto the Who Would Win show and take it very, very seriously and understand their consequences if you do wrong by our show or don't absolutely put 100% of your mind into the judge's decision and the responsibilities therein. Look, I'm not trying to say there's going to be bad things if you give a bad judgment to the Who Would Win show, but there's going to be a lot of bad consequences. Just, I'm not trying to say any judge shouldn't come on. I'm just saying take this job seriously because everyone else does. And, All right. No, that's great, James, and I agree. We had a lot of great writers, comedians, a voiceover talent who have come on the show. They take the responsibilities of judge seriously, and at the end of the day, we have a very... Uh, 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 effective, relatable, feels good kind of a product. And sometimes we have fashion influencers on the show. Thank you. In our next our next category, uh, we asked the Legion of Audience, what character do they want to see in season five? And for those who don't know, when we have our production meetings, you know, Brent, you've heard how vocal both Ray and I get on this. We, I think, outdid ourselves for season four with our team battle versus one opponent, you know, team versus team, composite, uh, composite, sorry, Samuel L. Jackson versus Samurai Jack. I mean, we just, we really thought outside of the box for season four. And we kind of discovered that we're going to keep going in that direction. So with that being said, we took it out to the Legion of Audience and said, out of all the characters you've seen, which new characters would you like to see make an appearance on the Who Would Win show? So, Ray, before I kind of say what, you know, the Legion had to say, who do you want to see on season five for the Legion? Uh, who do you want to see in season five for Who Would Win? I, there's a lot of characters I think we, we we could stand to do. I mean, I know one that came up was Lex Luthor, who I've expressed a, a desire to get on the show many times before. Uh, season four was really a season, though, of characters we've always wanted to do on the show getting on the show. We did Captain Carrot, for gosh sakes, this year. Of course, it's because I won four in a row and nobody could tell me no. But the point I'm trying to make is we do go outside the box and get interesting and fun characters uh, and 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 I and I'm loving to be a part of it. I like kind of slightly more obscure uh, and and teaching people about these wonderful characters that exist that maybe they weren't aware of or weren't particularly familiar with. And I enjoy the idea of educating our audience to be better fans of the medium. Uh, that being said, uh, I want to see and when I win four in a row, and I'm going to take that bet once again, perhaps. Sid 6.7 from my favorite movie, one of my favorite all-time movies, Virtuosity, with Denzel Washington, played by the immensely talented Russell Crowe. 
star of such films as Gladiator, L.A. Confidential, and The Other Guys. Was he in The Other Guys? No, Nice Guys. I don't think so. Knockdown Guys. Knock Around Guys. guys. Nice Guys. He was in a movie that had the word guys in the title that wasn't guys and dolls, because after seeing him sing in Les Miserables, nobody wanted to see him sing in Guys and Dolls. My point I'm trying to make is Sid 6.7 is one of the greatest characters in cinema history. I fought very hard to get him in season four and was always vetoed by the board. I'm telling you right now, I'm making it happen. He's coming in season five. How does it feel knowing that Sid 6.7, if that's the character's name, lost out to Captain Carrot? I mean, In terms of what the, the board thought would be a good character to have on no, the show. How dare you, James? Captain Carrot is somebody I wanted to get on the show myself ever since you brought him up in the <laughs> Shazam versus Captain Marvel episode, trying to pass it off like I didn't know who Captain Carrot was. You try to just throw him in there saying like he's like a Superman-level character and then I just beat you over the head and shoulders with it for about two seasons straight. Captain Carrot was overdue, and now Sid 6.7 is ripe. Now, the one thing I did learn about our audience, the Legion of Audience, definitely not the Raniacs, definitely not the Awkward Allies, is the fact that so many decisions of characters that people wanted to see on the show we're characters who we've already done on the show before. How many people said, you know who you should do on the show? Wolverine. Like, we didn't just do him in season four. What is happening, Legion of Audience? You're pathetic. You make me sick sometimes with your lack of imagination and with your lack of just general knowledge of the show you're interacting with. Get good is all I'm trying to say. I have a friend that listens to the show, and he was complaining to me, Ray, that his favorite character, Driz Durden, was not on the show. I will. And I had to go back and show him the episode. Throw babies. That he was guy. on. And by the way, I think all the, the Rainiacs that have been texting me and DMing me, I like your idea for the for the the pie. It's like a food fight pie match between the three stooges and Marie Callender. That's a pretty good idea, you guys. And I think Ray had a little to do with that too. I don't I think it's uh and also the savory pies versus the fruit pies. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of fair. possibilities there. Put it on the big board. That that should stick. Um okay, listen, Ray, the, the reason why a lot of people may not be familiar with all of our matches is because our fan base, the Legion of Audience itself, you can tell by our socials, it's growing weekly. I mean, absolutely growing by leaps and bounds. I am super thankful for all of our new fans who are listening to the Who Would Win show. Please feel free to go back, look through our catalog. There's absolutely guaranteed to have a ton of episodes that are you're going to just absolutely love. Now, in terms These of a character, I'd love to see. who are tweeting at me that they didn't like my argument from the hours of 4 a.m., through 3 a.m. the next day without stopping. They clearly don't have jobs. They could be listening to back episodes of our show. Yes, we're in agreement. All right, now, uh, I said it last year. I'm going to say it now, especially with the passing of the iconic Kevin Conroy. We need to see Batman from the 90s animated series in season five. It's just, it's insanely overdue. Listen, you have Captain yeah. Carrot. There's a character we've never done on the show, Batman. Just saying, Batman does well for his ratings-wise. The fans love him, and uh, it's about time. All right, let's see what the Legion of Audience came up with for the top choices. They chose, in no particular order, Lex Luthor for Ray Sicanus. That's a great suggestion. One Punch Man. Definitely, we need One Punch Man in. Okay, here we go. Batman from the animated series. How about that? The Kool-Aid Man. Ray, that's your influence 100%. 
And one of my favorites, Omega Supreme. There are a bunch of other suggestions, but these are the ones that have been coming up a lot. And especially when we asked you directly, these suggestions came up all the time. But they can only have one winner. The winner, the most popular choice of who people want to see in Season 5 is... Batman from the animated series. Oh my Hell goodness. to the yes. Who, That's what we're doing. Who's auditing these votes? I have a feeling that James is just stuffing the envelopes himself. I don't think any actual research went into this compilation. I'm having a hard time believing it. And Omega Supreme, I ordered two of those at Taco Bell last week. They were delicious. <laughs> Very crunchy, I bet. All right, listen, Ray, we, we've offered many times for you to do the actual calculations, tabulations, and count of all the votes we have and maybe even do some accounting on the side. Exactly. I'm just saying there's a reason why you don't believe the results. Okay. Now it's time for the coveted Who Would Win Fan of the Year Award. Ray, there are so many fans that have really gone above and beyond this season. Are there any fans in particular that stood out for you for season four? Are you? Are there any fans who stood out to me in season four? I could name a bunch off the top of my head. We've got Adrian, Brad Dancer, Devin Woody, Tennyson Cole, Jude Fulton, Daniel Ledesma Smith, Pierre Barbeau, Douglas Rigert Johnson, Nathan Fair, Ken Turner, Frederick Dennison, Eric Heitling, Ray, just some guy named Ray, Felix Kalt, Forbidden Mob, Sarvis, Joe Leal, Jacob, Lord Snurts, Eric Lehman, Gabe Ingrata, Delvin Cox, and Gunnar Lofauer. I would say off the top of my head, and not having done any research ahead of time, those are my fans of the year. And if you want to join that list, go to patreon.com slash who would win show. And for $3 a month, gosh darn it. In this inflation, $3 a month, that's like nothing. You could actually join the list of the coolest people you know. Otherwise, I don't respect those are you. Some very, those are for some very cool people indeed. Now, Brent Pope, you know, I know you're the executive VP of Who Would Win, but you kind of, um, you know, see the effect of our fan base. What's your impression of the fans of the Who Would Win show? The, the, the fan base is so huge. I mean, the fan base is so huge that just on your Patreon, you have a guy named Tennyson and a guy named Dennison. I mean, how does that happen? It almost <laughs> seems not real. What it is is there's so many fans that they're going to have every single name. Are there any names that are not fans of who would win? That's what I would have to say. And you know what? I love getting called out by the fans when they hate my judgment <laughs> because I love hearing you do. my name. You totally do. I love seeing my name in the lights on my computer. I love seeing it on a big thing in, on a movie theater, too, or on a TV screen. But I also like seeing it on Twitter. That's how vain I am. I have a lot of people reaching out saying, hey, how do we get the same type of social media reaction that the Who Would Win show gets on the plat- on all the platforms and what we do? And here's the problem. I can't help them replicate that between Ray and myself, the Who Would Win production team. There's just some magic. Yeah, Ray, there's some magic, including you, that we just seem to have that seems to resonate with our fan base. Anyway, oh, with that I've being been said. casting spells and hexes and curses. You don't got to tell me there's magic in this show. There's more magic in this show than The Gathering. That's fair. All right, now let's talk about the nominees for Fan of the Year for Season 4. So, number one, we have the mysterious fan on Twitter known as Sinjin45. That's Ray's favorite. There's Adrian, who recently turned 19. Guama, Harrisonnell, of course. Cameron Sullivan, Nathan Fair, Matthew Dawson, young Gabe Ingrata. Not quite as young. Jim Ingrata, but there can only be one. And the Season 4, who would win Fan of the Year is... 
Matthew Dawson. That's right, Matthew that? Dawson. Now, for those who don't know, yeah, Matthew is fantastic. He is not just a great fan of the Hulu Show, not just a great podcaster where he's the host of the Dial-Up Movie Club podcast. He's not just the director of the upcoming Justice League Mortal audio drama, but he's also the genius talent behind the Hulu fight trailers our fans enjoy week in and week out. And we just wanted to give him a quick shout out and a very big thank you, you know, for everything he's doing, the support for the show, the fight trailers that everyone loves that are just absolutely fantastic. On top of everything he's doing listen this is a guy who's working full-time just got engaged has his own responsibilities he's like let me make the fight trailers and we love it thank you so much they are enjoyed by thousands every week matthew dawson you're you're fan of the year for season four but you're also just an awesome individual thank you for just being a great part of the show and now it's time for the biggest award of the year for the who would win show this one is huge it's time to, to determine season four's match of the year brett pope let's start off with you what do you think was the best episode of season four. Oh, if I'm going to say the best episode, I think it was Spider-Ham versus uh, Stitch. <laughs> I think that was my favorite one. I, I myself really liked uh, Venture Brothers versus Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I don't know if I agreed with the, with the, uh, the decision, but I, I love seeing those two teams on the show. Okay, very cool. Ray, what was uh, the match that stood out the most for you for season There's four? There's a bunch. I'm looking through the list again right now, and we really had a lot of bangers. You know, we opened up with Dr. Octopus versus Inspector Gadget. Uh, great. We, oh, great matchup. Great judge. Great judge. Uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Wolverine was one that I think uh, slapped. We got a little wild with Knight Rider versus Speed Racer and Pac-Man versus the Riddler. Like, I mean, I really think we're going for it. But, uh, if Charles Xavier versus Emperor Palpatine uh, really hit for me. We brought in Austin Powers into a battle. Uh, Batman 89 versus TV's The Incredible Hulk. Uh, and then there were a lot of very recent ones. You know, uh, the one that I'm going to always go to my grave saying was one of my favorite episodes of all time was Huggy Wuggy versus John McClane in the Battle of the Vents <laughs> in Shocktober. Big, big fan of that matchup and introducing Huggy Wuggy, uh, regrettably, to a whole lot of different people. But if I was going to oh, pick, geez. if I was going to pick, uh, a character of the year, match of the year, I would have to say it came down to the final battle of the year, Samurai Jack versus composite Samuel L. Jackson. As far as wildness goes, as far as importance to the show goes, as far as pure fan service goes, even though they all went over my head to bring Jack on the show, uh, and that was some nonsense, I will say, that would be my personal match of the year, Samurai Jack versus composite, I'm sorry, composite, Samuel L. Jackson. That was a great matchup. You know, there's been a, a couple of great moments as well as one match that stands out for me most of all. The, the one moment I loved all is I got to bring back Megatron, who absolutely stomped the crap out of Captain Carrot, rightfully if, so. If Captain uh, Carrot had won that episode, that would have been my match of the year. Possibly. We had got a good judgment in that one. <laughs> quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, the moment of the year was actually uh, what took place in the Who Would Win production meeting when I, at the end of the year, when I said, great, who is Santa repping? And they said, no, we're retiring Santa Claus. There's no chance that Ray is going to beat you. We've come to that horrible conclusion that's not that when you rep said. Santa, that's exactly what happened word for word. And I'm like, okay, can I pick someone else? They're like, sure. Samurai Jack. And they're like, done. 
And then you picked the, actually, this is genius on your part. Ray is the one who picked composite or composite, sorry, Samuel L. Jackson. I think that was brilliant. But for me, my favorite match of the season was uh, the MCU's Moon Knight versus the DCU's Gorilla Grodd uh, from the Flash TV series. That was with the amazing judge, David uh, Sabalov, who is the voice of Gorilla Grodd from the Flash TV series. And even though Ray Stekanis tried to rig the match by bringing in David Sabalov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd from the Flash TV series, I still got the win for Moon Knight over the character Ray was repping, Gorilla Grodd from the Flash TV series. Just saying, when you put it all together, and the way Ray tried to stack the cards against me, and I still got the win, it was pretty satisfying. But let's see what the Legion of Vines had to say. So the nominees for the match of the year are the Enterprise versus the Star Destroyer. Oh, that was pretty too. crazy. Yeah. Ray, to your point, Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Wolverine. No surprise there. Ronald McDonald versus Burger King. Really like that one. mention it, but that uh, was a very popular match. Very popular. Han Solo versus Austin Powers. That was a little uh, you know, out of the box. Uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern versus Vecna. Now, that match broke the Green Lantern curse because before then, no Green Lantern had ever won a Who Would Win match. But there can only be one winner. And the winner for best match of season four, as voted by you, the Legion of Audience, is... We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
crying when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniac were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. And the winner for best match of season four, as voted by you, the Legion of Audience, is Ronald McDonald versus Burger King. That is the match of the year voted by the Legion of Audience for season four. Ray, what are your thoughts on that matchup in its entirety? I am not surprised to hear that that would win match of the year. Again, while I disagree with the uh, decision in that episode, I do think as far as going there, as far as being wild, as far as thinking outside the bun, that was an episode that really stands on its own, uh, much like uh, Homer Simpson versus Peter Griffin the year before would be the only comparison that I have for it. That's one where we both had to work extra hard and overtime and putting our points together. And that one really did seem to resonate with the fans as the download number and number of listens told us because it performed extremely well. Uh, it, it really it really set the stage on the entire rest of the season being great. Uh, as far as Showdown September matchups go, it was a great one. Uh, I stand by uh, all my choices in it, and I think if we ran that back 10 times, I'd win nine of them. It just so happens that one time was the time of record. You know, I, I got to tell you, I love matches where you can lean into the insanity of the characters, but the problem is, as Ray kind of pointed out, when a when a character is so insanely powerful and there's a lot of history to it, all of a sudden your research for the episode is going to take the entire week. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's almost like we have – Ray, I'm just talking on behalf. It's like we have an additional full-time job sometimes just in terms of pure research and analyzing strategies and trying to figure each other out for the episode. It is absolutely insane. I know I went crazy for this. I had to watch pretty much every commercial to use the commercial commercials version of Ronald McDonald. I watched every freaking commercial I could get my hands on, including foreign national national commercials. How crazy in terms of research did you go for Burger King? Oh, it was crazy. I, I went back and played some Sneak King. Uh, I went and watched, as you said, I watched hours of videos online of old advertisements and documentaries about the history of Burger King, and I'm never getting that time back. <laughs> so true. I don't. I, I'm not necessarily enriched by that. By that. No, time I'm not a better person it. for that experience, but I did do it. <laughs> Ray, you're selling yourself a little short, I think, because the last time I talked to you, you said you had also spent over two days in the last year in the in the Burger King drive-through. So yeah, I'm waiting for service. No one research. No one will serve me. No one will serve. I sit there and I say, I'm not leaving till the cops <coughs> get here. And then after a few hours, the cops show up. You know. Then you go home. Yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens. Brim Pope, do you agree with the Legion of Audience that this was match of the year? It was a really fun match. And I think that's 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 why the fans picked it. It's two fun characters. It's a little outside of the box. You know, I think that's the ones that the fans are always going going to um to flock towards. And also when you have just like those iconic characters, like I'm not surprised that Obi-Wan and um 
uh, Wolverine was was one of the ones too. It's just like either iconic characters going up against each other, or really weird characters or ones that we remember for our childhood, you know, and and ones that you wouldn't think of as fighting. So yeah, I'm not surprised. This season was really memorable in a lot of different ways. You know, uh, so many great uh, highlights. And Ray and Brent, I just want to take a moment and highlight a few of the high spots for the Who Would Win show. Ray, you mentioned this before. We broke 2.5 million total downloads and listens this season. That is absolute insanity. Uh, We brought on bigger and bigger advertisers and sponsors. I mean, that was crazy, too. And, you know, what's cool is when fans of the show notice that and say, like, congrats. I mean, they notice our success, which is fantastic. We had great judges, some new ones returning, some new judges, some old ones returning. Lots of great judges this year, despite what we're saying. We actually had our first official viral social media post. That's right. We had a social media post that went officially viral on Instagram of all places, where last time I checked, we had over 394,000 likes and over 14 million impressions. That was just from a few weeks ago. This is crazy. And the reason we are having all of this of this success is really because of you, the Legion of Audience. Look, we do the show for you, but it's all of you who really make the show what it is. Ray, even you have to admit that's kind of cool when potential celebrity judges reach out to us asking if they can be on the show because of our fan base. Wouldn't you agree? You know, when you said it was thanks to you, I just thought you were talking to me, and I was prepared to uh, accept that uh, uh, wonderful <laughs> statement as fact and, and say, you're welcome, James. You're welcome for everything I've done for this show. But when you phrase it like the way you phrased it, that actually says something different that I disagree with. But my, the point I'm trying to make it all this is, uh, uh, without the people, we wouldn't be here. Look, I'd still be here, but you wouldn't. That's that's just the reality of it. I would be doing this show regardless if we had 10 or 15 listeners and not the millions that we actually do have, but you wouldn't. So, folks, if you want James to stay with the show, keep on listening to the show. I'll be here regardless, and you really can't do anything about that. You know how much truth is, is to that, Ray, by the way? Just to let the Legion of Audience know this, and, and listen, we're all insanely busy. None of us have a ton of free time. This show is insanely important to me. It really is. And when this first show, when the show was first developed and first kind of brought to fruition, especially, I hate to say this, when Race Decanus, you know, kind of came to the show and kind of brought what he brings to it, all of his insanity, but, you know, winning formula, by the way, I'm like, this show is not going to be small. It's not going to be a small podcast. It's not going to have a small fan base. It's going to resonate. People of significance are going to take notice. I knew this from day one, especially when Ray came onto the show. I'm like, we have the formula to make this a winner. And the reason, again, why it's a winner, why you proved me right is because of you, the Legion of Audience. That's your feel-good moment of the year. All I can say is thank you so much, and I can't wait to kind of reveal what Ray and I and the whole team have prepared for you for and waiting for you for season five. Uh, Ray, anything you want to say to the fans before we sign off? Because I'm about to cry with how, how emotional I'm getting right now. I just want to know what all these things you promised behind the scenes that I don't know about are. Apparently, there's big things that I'm going to be doing, and I don't know what they are. I'm terrified right now. I don't know what James has promised outside people that I would be doing. But apparently I'm here for it. Ray, were you ever disappointed by the really cool, surprising things that happened in season four? Yes. Got it. All right. Well, be prepared to be surprised some more. All right. Brent Pope, executive VP of the Who Would Win Show. Thank you again for being such an amazing executive VP for your guidance, for your knowledge, for your insight that you sometimes even give to the Who Would Win Show. Uh, Thank you for being a great judge. And please come back onto the show whenever you have free time to do it. With that being said, where can the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, find you? 
Well, before I do that, James, uh, with all the sentiment that you just had, I want to say I, we kind of have a tradition on the show, and it switches every once in a while. But like the whoever wins the season, I take them out for a nice champagne and uh, steak and that kind of stuff. This sure. year, I think I'm going to switch it up, and the 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 runner up, I'm going to take out for champagne. And truffles. So, James, let's go do that this weekend. Ray, you got the win already. You're already the big winner. Uh, But James is going to go out for the $150 lunch. Uh, And, yes, of course, you can find me on Breakfast with Brent Pope, my podcast, where, you know, where breakfast breakfast meets great – where Hollywood meets great food. I wish I could say that correctly. Where Hollywood meets great food. Uh, Almost 200 total episodes on the show now. Instagram, Twitter, at ScoopsPope. I'm all over there. Glad always to be part of the show. Glad to be invited back. Although, as you guys know, you have no choice. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Ray, what a season four. Congratulations on winning it. Uh, I You know, I I, I hate to give you accolades here, but, you know, the show would not be what it is without you, without your lunacy, without your yelling, without uh, your craziness, and sometimes even your great debating skills, which have insanely improved and are now keeping you on the toes, your insane challenge. Great job on season four. With all that being said, tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. You say that I've improved as a debater, like I haven't won a previous season and came within a battle against Santa Claus from winning the two other seasons of this show, James Gavsey. I know the insults you mean when you throw it, and I am hereby ignoring them. I am great, and I keep getting greater, and you don't need to tell me that. I got a season four trophy on my wall that tells me everything I want to know about it. The biggest win by the biggest margin in who would win history, season four, and and that's my name on the trophy. Now, there was one. There was one category that I, I got rejected uh, as far as bringing up. And I just want to take a moment because this is my time to say right now. And that's Comeback Judge of the Year Award. And it's something that I pitched for a judge who was terrible their first time around and then pulled it together in season four. And there was only <laughs> one nominee. And his name was Mitchell Baldwin. And he came back with a vengeance and had one of the best judges performances in who would win show history here in season four but a scant few months ago i want to give big ups because after uh uh, getting slammed across all of social media like he did for his season one decision of king kong versus megatron one would argue that since i lost that season by one and that battle happened in that season i should have won season one very rightfully that argument could be made very well by me and i'm sure everyone else on the planet the point i'm trying to make is mitchell baldwin was a pariah in the eyes of the who would win show community but he faced his fears came back on the show despite all of the possibilities and crushed it and did an excellent job gave me the victory that i wanted gave the people the victory that they deserved of me and i just want to say right now come back judge of the year mitchell baldwin congratulations you have earned it you did a masterful job in season four You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I've got a lot to celebrate season four, but besides all that, it's the holiday season. It's, it's, it's a new season on the horizon. We, we already have for season five, episode one, one of the biggest matchups in who would win history that we've already agreed to. Uh, here we are, you know, it has, you know, we're still a little far out from it and here we are. We have come to that decision. You will see it when it is revealed 
It's going to be a banger to start season five of the Who Would Win show is all I'm going to say. And I'm still not happy. I'm still not happy. I've got more wins than James overall. I'm tied with him two seasons to two seasons. But I'm still not happy, James. I won't be happy until I win every single match of season five. Ray, you know what? Speaking of declarations, two things I'm going to declare. Number one, well, three things. Number one, I played more video games this year than I ever have before. That's right, too. So I am going to dedicate myself as another declaration to playing at least three video games. Boy. Actually, a lot more because I know I'm working with a, a, a video game company, so I really should be doing that. Um, and we're going to have a lot more big surprises coming in. I guarantee you season five is going to leverage everything we did in season four. And it's going to blow people's minds, especially the big announcements and surprises coming from both Ray and myself for season five. That's right, Ray. You're going to have some announcements. With all that being said, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, Brent Pope, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. Happy holidays and get ready for an insane season five. We'll see you next time. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash who would win show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sup, everyone. Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia!